Tell me who hath believed, hath believed our report, and to whom is it revealed, the mighty arm of the Lord. Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church here in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. I love to tell the testimonies of Smith Wigglesworth. They minister faith to me and they will you. This was a man that was born in our time. Some of you that listen to me may have actually seen him minister. I'd love to hear from you if you have. Here's one of my favorite testimonies of his. A man came to see Smith and said, The doctor says that this is the last day that my wife has to live. Smith said, Oh, Brother Clark, why don't you believe God? God can raise her up if you will only believe him. He replied, I have looked at you when you have talked and have wept and said, Father, if you could give me this confidence, I would be so happy. Smith said, Could you trust God? He felt that the Lord would heal her. He sent word to a certain man and asked him if he would come with him to a dying woman. And he believed that if the two of them would go and anoint her, according to James five fourteen and 15, she would be raised up. This man said, Oh, why do you come to me? I could not believe, although I believed the Lord would be sure to heal her if you would go. Then Smith sent word to another man and asked him to go with him. This man could pray by the hour. Smith said when he was on his knees, he could go around the world three times and come out at the same place. He told him that whatever his impression was, to be sure and go on and pray right through. They entered the house. Smith asked this man to pray first. He began. He cried in his desperation and prayed that this man might be comforted after he has been left with these little motherless children and that he might be strengthened to bear his sorrow. Smith could hardly wait till he was finished. His whole being was moved. He thought, what an awful thing to bring this man all this way to pray this kind of prayer. What was the matter with him? He was looking at the dying woman instead of looking at God. You can never pray the prayer of faith if you look at the person who's needing it. There is only one place to look, and that is to Jesus. The Lord wants to help right now to learn this truth and keep our eyes on him. When this man was finished, Smith said to Brother Clark, Now you pray. He took up the thread where the other man had left off and went on with the same kind of prayer. He got so down beneath the burden that Smith thought he would never rise again, and he was glad when he was through. He could not have borne it much longer. The prayer seemed the most out-of-place prayers that Smith had ever heard. The whole atmosphere was being charged with unbelief. Smith's soul was stirred. He was eager for God to get a chance to do something and have God's way. He did not wait to pray after the other two were finished. But he rushed up to the bed and tipped the oil bottle, nearly the whole contents on the woman. Then Smith saw Jesus just above the bed with the sweetest smile on his face. And Smith said to the woman, Woman, Jesus Christ makes you whole. The woman stood up, 
perfectly healed. And she became a strong woman for the rest of her life. James 5.14 states, Is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. As Smith has taught, God help us get our eyes off the conditions and the symptoms no matter how bad they may be, and get them fastened on Jesus. Then we will be able to pray the prayer of faith. I'd like to begin the program with Terry Brown ministering God on the Mountain. As Terry sings, put your eyes on Jesus and let him minister to you. Life is easy when you're up on the mountain And you've got peace of mind like you've never known But then things change and you're down in the valley Don't lose faith for your name Talk of faith When you're up on your mountain And your talk comes so easy Life's at its best But it's down in that valley Of trials and temptation That's when your faith is Really put to the test For the God on the
your day. He's still God in your night. I'd like to begin with prayer. Father, I thank you. I thank you. I ask for grace, Father, on me. I ask for grace on this message. That you open our eyes that we can see. That you open our hearts like you did for Lydia. That we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light. From the power of Satan unto God. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We live in perilous times. And we need to be ready for the days ahead. We need to be able to walk in faith. We need to be able to meet Jesus, whether in the air or in death. And I want to show you today out of Scripture that the Ten Commandments can't save you. Did you hear what I just said? I want to show you out of Scripture today that the Ten Commandments can't save you. We're not going to take my word for it. We're going to take the word of God and we're going to take the word of some of those men that are in the word of God that had authority, that were experts of the law, that walked in the Ten Commandments, that taught the Ten Commandments. We're going to let them tell us out of the word of God that the Ten Commandments can't save you. And I'm going to begin with Peter. This is a man that walked with Jesus. And this is the man that when the Spirit of God talked to him about the Gentiles in Acts 11, receiving the gospel, and the Spirit asked him to rise and kill an unclean animal, this Peter said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has at any time entered into my mouth. So Peter knew the law. He knew the Ten Commandments. He walked in them. So let's go to Acts 15. I'm going to begin in verse 4. And when they, and that it was Paul and Barnabas, were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church and of the apostles, Peter being one, and elders, and they declared all things that God had done with them. Verse 5. But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed, which believed. These Pharisees believed the gospel, saying that it was needful to circumcise them, the Gentiles, and to command them to keep the law of Moses. That included the Ten Commandments. Verse 6, And the apostles and elders came together for to consider of this matter. Verse 7, And when there had been much disputing, Peter, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles, by my mouth, should hear the word of the gospel. Take a note there that the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and believe. Verse 8, And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, once they heard that gospel, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. Verse 9, And put no difference between us, the Jews, and them, the Gentiles, purifying their hearts by faith. Now look at this next verse. Listen to these words. Verse 10, Peter speaking, Now, therefore, why 
tempt you, God? Why tempt you, God? To put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear. What was he talking about? That yoke? The law. The Ten Commandments. What did Peter say about that? Now, therefore, why tempt you, God? And let's go to verse 11. But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. What did Peter say? The Ten Commandments can't save you. He even said it tempts God to even preach that. That was Peter. That is a man that walked in the law. What did he say of the law? To teach the Gentiles the law would be to tempt God. What did Peter preach? He preached the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And who told him to preach it? The Spirit of God. Let's go to someone else. Paul. I'm going to begin in Philippians 3. And here Paul tells us of his authority in the law, in the Ten Commandments. Verse 4. This is Paul speaking. Though I might have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh he of whereof he might trust in the flesh, I the more. Let's listen to Paul's resume. Circumcised the eighth day. That's the law. Of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church. Look at this next part. Touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Paul right here tells us that his authority in the law, his walking in the law was blameless. Blameless. Never missed a mark. Never broke any of the commandments. Blameless. That is Paul's resume. Now look at what Paul states about that resume in verse 7. But what things were gained to me? What were those things? Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, touching the law of Pharisee, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. All those things that were gained to him, What did he say? Those I counted lost for Christ. Verse 8, Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. If you skip down to verse 11, it says, If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of of the dead. Paul here states the law, the Ten Commandments couldn't help him. Let's look at another passage where Paul is speaking. Galatians 3, verse 1. O foolish Galatians, these are Gentiles, that believed the gospel at the first. He said, Who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth crucified among you. What was the truth Paul was speaking of? It states right after that. Jesus crucified among you. That was the truth. What is the truth? The gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. 
Verse 2, this only would I learn of you. Received you the Spirit by the works of the law? The Ten Commandments. The works of the law. Or by the hearing of faith. Verse 3, are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it yet be in vain? Now look at verse 5. This is Paul, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, touching the law, blameless. Look what he speaks in verse 5. He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you. He therefore that worketh miracles among you doeth it by the works of the law, the Ten Commandments, or by the hearing of faith. The miracles that you see, that you experience, are they done by the works of the law? Are they done by hearing the Ten Commandments, by walking in the Ten Commandments? Or are they done by the hearing of faith? What's the answer to that? The next verse, verse 6. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Where did Abraham get his miracle? Through the righteousness of faith. He didn't even have the law. Let's take a look at the writer of Hebrews, chapter 8, verse 7. Let's take a look at this verse. For if the first covenant, that's the law, that's the Ten Commandments, had been faultless, had been faultless, if the first covenant, the law, the Ten Commandments, had been faultless, had worked, had saved us, had given us food, had healed our bodies, had given us prosperity, had delivered us from all that we need delivered from, that have saved us from everything we need saved from. If it had been faultless, if it had worked, then should no place have been sought for the second. If the law of the Ten Commandments could have saved us, then why? Why would the Father have sent Jesus to die such a horrible death to bear our iniquities, to have every bone out of joint, to have our sicknesses laid on him, to die, to descend into hell for us, to receive the wrath of God for us, and to be raised again from the dead for us. If the Ten Commandments could have saved us, why did Jesus have to go through the death, burial, and resurrection? Because the Ten Commandments can't save you. One more person I want to look at that had authority in the law. I want us to go to John 3, verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, walked in the law, taught the law. The same came to Jesus by night a ruler of the Jews, and had authority in the law. Look at what this man says to Jesus. Rabbi, we know thou art a teacher come from God. He admitted it. We know thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. This ruler of the Jews, this Pharisee, admitted that Jesus was sent of God. Why did he go talk to Jesus? 
Why would a person that had all the authority in the law, walked in the law, taught the law, was a ruler of the Jews, why would that man go see Jesus? Why? Have you ever thought about that? Why would that man go see Jesus? And look at what he tells him. No man can do these miracles that thou doest, that you do, Jesus, except God be with him. So why did he come to see Jesus? Because Jesus had something he didn't have. Now look at what Jesus tells him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, the first thing Jesus tells this man, the first thing out of his mouth, verily, verily, I say unto thee, Verily means surely, 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 I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That is the first thing Jesus tells a ruler of the Jews, a Pharisee of the law. You must be born again. The Ten Commandments can't save you. Jesus just said it right here. You must be born again. So how are we born again? Let's turn to Romans 10. But what saith it? And it's talking about the gospel. The word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Set it safety, given everything you need. That is being saved. It includes eternal life. Verse 10, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And if you skip down to 13, for whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Set it safety. Given everything you need. Call on that name, Jesus. Believe the death, burial, and resurrection of that man. I want to share a testimony about humility. My third son came to us one day visibly upset and told us that his new bike was stolen. His dad and his oldest brother went to look for it because the bike hadn't been gone for that long. They came back a little while later without the bike and then they decided to go out and try again. John and I were left alone. I started talking to him. I told him we needed to pray and ask God to help us find the bike. I remember the look on John's face. He was upset and a bit obstinate and said to me, I don't want to pray. Have any of us ever been there? The one thing that's sure to help us and we don't want to do it. I looked him right in the eyes and I said, I understand, but if you want your bike returned, you're going to have to humble yourself and pray. James 4, 6 states, But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. I watched that child drop his head and humble himself and say, Okay, Mom, I'll pray. He said a short prayer. 
Father, help me get my bike back. And then I prayed too. It wasn't five minutes before I got a call from his dad. We just found the bike. God led us right to it. Friends, go to him. Jesus said in John six thirty seven, Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Join us in worshiping the Lord Jesus with the My Girls singing Just Because He Lives.
you for joining me and the musicians from Water of Life Church. I would love to hear from you. You may reach me by email at Kathy, K-A-T-H-I-E, at Kathy Davidson, W-O-L dot com, or you may write me at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, P.O. Box 86-1327, Plano, Texas, 75086. You may find me on the internet at www.kathydavidsonwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.